Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is November 27th, and we're coming to you live from Akasaka, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Demansky, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. The winter is here in Japan, and it's the best season to enjoy the illuminations.、Mm. So, last week, Julian and I visited the western end of Tokyo to make a video on the Pokemon illuminations. The illuminations were really nice and it was fun filming, right?、Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, the colors are always good with,、uh, you know, at nighttime with、mm. all the lights. You know, as a cameraman, I always enjoy that kind of scenery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried, you know, filming too.、Right? Mm, you did, yeah. And the funny thing is that this attraction is located in the, basically the middle of nowhere. You know, <laughs> really, the suburban area in the western side of Tokyo.、Mm. Um, I'd say, like, it's technically in Kanaga Prefecture, right? Technically, yeah. But I would argue it's still in Tokyo because you can get there on the local train. Because,、mm. I mean, you can technically get to like Fukuoka from Tokyo. Just because it's connected by train doesn't mean it's the same city, right?、Mm-hmm. But I, I'd say anywhere that you can get to on the local train,、mm. the Kakuokitesha,、mm. that's, that's the same area, I would say.、Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's almost Tokyo, but it's most like a. Real, real on the outskirts. Yeah. <laughs> Or the most like Inaka part, you know,、mm. like the, the, how do you say it? Like countryside? Yeah, in the sticks. In the sticks. Have you heard that phrase before? No. It just means out in the countryside,、oh, in, okay. in the sticks. <laughs> yeah. So,、um, you know, the, the illumination attraction is、uh, located on a mountain.、Mm. And we finished filming at around like 9 p.m. But because it's a countryside, the bus only comes once every one hour or so.、Mm. And, and basically, we missed one. We did it by about two minutes. <laughs>、uh, so we had to wait in the dark, like bus station with no lights、yeah. for about an hour. Yeah, it was, wasn't fun, was it? But then the,、uh, the Bosozoku turned up. Yeah. Yeah. Can you explain to our listeners what a Bosozoku is? <laughs>、um, like, Boso means to run or drive crazy.、Mm. So basically, it's a, how do you say, like, group of like, youngsters like, yeah, driving yeah. on a, like,、uh, motorbikes. Yeah.、Uh, but the, the problem is that like, those motorbikes are kind of like, Illegally like, modified.、Mm. So they make like, huge, like, unnecessary noises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all the, the, the crazy loud like, horns. And yeah, stuff, yeah. Like, But you only really、yeah. see that in the countryside, right? Because it's like there's no police anywhere. Because they couldn't、mm-hmm. do that in the middle of Tokyo. True, true. It's yeah, just like、yeah. they just get chased down. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But it's really funny. It's basically a, like a biker gang,、mm-hmm. but they just look quite lame, don't they?、Mm-hmm. Like they this、do. particular one we saw, there was only like three of them. I <laughs> know.、So. <laughs> That's a bit sad, right? <laughs>、uh, so this video should be available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Japan Pro. I mean, Japan Pro is kind of our brand name for our, you know, YouTube. Mm, yeah. So if you want to enjoy watching the beautiful Pokemon illuminations with us, Then,、um, you know, come check it out. Yeah, so that's、uh, youtube.com slash Japan Pro. So, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories. The GoTo travel campaign is revised due to rising coronavirus numbers. A UN council finds Carlos Ghosn's arrest illegal. 
Square Enix and Toho Cinemas are sued for taking a popular Dragon Quest character's name, and for our random news of the week, an online crane game hoax is exposed. On Saturday, November 21st, Prime Minister Suga announced a revision to the GoTo Travel campaign that has been promoting domestic travel since July of this year. The campaign, which was started as a way to boost the waning economy and support the struggling tourism industry, will be changed to omit areas with high numbers of coronavirus outbreaks. On November 24th, Osaka and Sapporo, both of which have seen large increases in infections, were temporarily suspended from the go-to travel campaign by their respective governors. Trips that have already been reserved will also have their discounts suspended, but trips that depart from either city will still be eligible for the discount. In regards to the third wave of increasing coronavirus cases, Prime Minister Suga has stated, Restrictions on private rights must be minimised. I respect each governor's opinion and want to support them. Despite criticisms that the campaign is a large contributor to the new wave of cases, Prime Minister Suga is continuing to support the campaign and has stated that there is no evidence that shows the campaign is a major cause of the spread of the virus. Last week, Japan experienced record-breaking numbers of coronavirus cases with over 2,500 being reported in one day. Tokyo and Osaka also hit record numbers last week with 534 cases and 415 cases respectively. So it feels like uh, a little while since we've talked about corona numbers mm. here on the show. Yes, yeah, right? Right. Um, seeing them in the news almost like every week. Mm. But people's interest seems to be waning. And it's only been like the last week where it seems to be like every news article is talking about corona again. Yeah. So I guess there is no like real option mm. to cancel this uh, go-to-travel campaign. Mm. And I also saw the news yesterday, by the way, that the Japanese government may declare the state of emergency again. Mm. You know, initially, um, I remember, you know, you and I discussed that go to travel campaign. Uh, when the government came up with the idea, mm. we thought this is the, the worst idea. Right? Mm. But at the end of the day, like after seeing how it goes, I can't say that it was a total failure, you know. I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, there's always a difficult balance between, you know, our safety, mm. uh, you know, and also economy. Mm. And they're both important. Sure, right? sure. I mean, of course, you know, safety should be the top priority. Yeah. So I, I know there are many people in Japan uh, that are criticizing the government, you know, mm. saying that we shouldn't have done it in the first place. Mm. But I don't think that's really fair. Yeah. I mean, I'd say like 80% of me thinks it's a stupid idea. But at the same time, when you see people really struggling, who, who like, they live in these kind of industries that rely on mm. tourists, basically, and travellers, mm. you know, the, the the sympathetic part of me, you know, wants to, you know, support them. And the only way to do that is to really have people visiting them and, you know, keeping that economy moving. Mm. Um, I think I did say last time, and I don't know if this still makes sense, but when I first thought about it, it made sense that like, instead of paying people to go to these places, just give the money directly to the companies who would be getting the business. I guess after thinking about it some more, sure, they get the injection of money that would maybe cover the cost of like the hotel room. But if a physical person is there, they're going to buy more food and buy souvenirs and they're going to do other stuff, you know, that generates money in the economy, mm -hmm. right? So, or in the local economy, should I say. Mm -hmm. So it's not just about getting like a free hotel, but if you've gone to like a small town in the middle of nowhere, mm. you know, you might go to a few local restaurants and then you'll check out some, I don't know, go to some like entertainment place, maybe pay to go into like a nice 
museum or something. I don't know, like, but you're spending money in lots of different businesses mm. in that area. So, yeah, I think the more I thought about it, it did it did make sense. Mm. Because I I have um you know some friends that work in the restaurant, food, and like tourism industries, mm. and I know like many of them could have gone like bankrupt like much mm. earlier sure. if it wasn't for the go to travel campaign. Yeah, and as you implied, it's not only about the you know tourism industry, you know, so to say, mm. but um, many other industries are related to that. You exactly. Know? Yeah, like yeah. all the you know transportation, you know airlines, like trains, mm. um, you know almost everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So especially in terms of economy, I can't say it was a bad idea. Mm. Um, like, have you actually utilized the uh, like go to travel campaign for the in the last few months? Uh, I have actually, but I haven't used it yet. I've actually booked a hotel room for Christmas Day oh, okay. in Tokyo. Just a night, I, I booked like a really fancy hotel oh, nice. to take my wife to. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't even thinking about the go to thing actually, but I went on to Booking dot com. You know, it's one mm. of those really famous booking websites. Yeah, and uh, they make it really easy because they actually apply the discount. Yeah, yeah, straight in the website. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it saved me like. About thirty five percent, and then I also get like some fifteen percent coo- coupons. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? coupon, right? Um, yeah, but I know um, you've used it, and we've used it for like some business trips recently, right? Yeah, we use it once uh, in Kobe. Mm, true. Uh, yeah. When we went uh, there for filming for the Godzilla Museum, mm. right? Uh, that's one thing. And besides that, yeah, I've utilized it like twice or three times mm. uh, with my family. You know, because you and I travel a lot uh, for our business, you mm. know, filming and stuff. Kind of a, an interesting point to this is like, we already did the first lockdown, like like many other people across the world, right? Mm. So if it has to come again, mm. it's like, it's a tough situation, but we know how to handle it now. Exactly. You know, like yeah. all, all companies have work from home mm. procedures now, right? Mm-hmm. All shops and restaurants have like social distancing mm-hmm. measures mm-hmm. Uh, and procedures put mm-hmm. in place. Mm-hmm. So if the government just at any time just said, right, lockdown, everyone would probably be like, oh, like, God damn it, I don't want to do this. But at least we know what to do. Yeah. Because the first time it was just a bit of a chaos, right? Mm. And I think that's what added to the stress. Right. So, um, yeah. so yeah, in other words, we know what to expect, mm. right? Uh, just by looking at the, the numbers, mm. like, oh, you know, Japan is in trouble again. Mm. But the kinds of like uh, reactions that I see from uh, people mm. today aren't as bad. You know, it's not not as pessimistic. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're just kind of carrying on as normal, right? Um, if we go into another lockdown, then so be it. Mm-hmm. I just hope I don't lose my 35% discount on my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wish you the best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our second piece of news of the week. Game company Square Enix and theatre company Toho Cinemas are being sued by a writer after using the exact name of the main character in her novelization of the popular game Dragon Quest V. Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride for the Super Nintendo was a big hit when it released in 1992. The popular game even received a novelization by author Saori Kumi. Like most games of its kind, the main character is simply known as the hero and is nameless. However, in the novelization, the hero has a name, Yuka. Kumi-san claims that the latest Dragon Quest movie by Square Enix has taken the name of her novel's main character without permission and changed the story. Kumi-san claims that Square Enix consciously took advantage of the popularity of her characters and used it as a way to attract viewers. She went on to say that several fans of her novel mistook the movie to be an adaptation of the book 
and were confused when the story was different. She is now claiming 2 million yen for royalties as well as an open apology. All of her legal fees were raised via crowdfunding from supportive fans. Before the lawsuit, she contacted Square Enix directly, but the company replied, Ryuka is a very short and common name. Creativity is denied. It is not protected by copyright. So I know you're quite familiar with the Dragon Quest games, Yasu, but Hmm. uh, have you heard of this novel before? Have you read it? Yeah, so uh, this kind of makes me feel quite like nostalgic. Oh, okay. Because I I read this uh, specific novel Mm. uh, almost like 20 years ago when I was a kid. Okay. Mm. And, you know, like what's interesting about this story is that usually it's the game company that owns all the copyrights related Mm. to characters in the games, right? Like... um, you know, when you think about Mario, mm. you know, Nintendo uh, made Mario. I mean, Mario, the game. Yeah, yeah. And everyone knows uh, Mario, Luigi, and Yoshi, mm. right? I don't know, like, h- hypothetically, mm. if you make a movie with characters, like, named Mario and Luigi, mm. each in, like, uh, red and, like, green, like, costumes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you'll uh, immediately get a call from a lawyer from Nintendo, the Nintendo Ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they're called. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like, like somewhat similar to um, like Disney, right? Mm, yeah. They're very strict about their Yeah, they're very like, quick. Copyrights. They'll just come and, straight yeah, away. They're yeah, they're fast. Mm, without any noise. <laughs> <laughs> but in this case, it's opposite. Mm. So even though uh, Enix later merged with Square... Square Soft, yeah. Square Soft, exactly. Mm. So, you know, then they they became like Square Enix. Mm. But back then it was called uh, Enix. Mm. So Enix uh, made this Dragon Quest V game. Mm. And two years ago, in uh, 2018, mm. uh, they made a movie based on the game with a you know cinema company called Toho. Mm. And, you know, there's no doubt that Enix made all the characters Mm. Um, I mean, like, uh, you know, Akira Toriyama, the author of Dragon mm. Ball, uh, he's the one who designed all the characters. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his style is very distinctive. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, not only the characters, but the story, the game system, and everything, but the name of the main character. Mm. That's that's uh, kind of like what's distinct about Dragon Quest mm. as opposed to Final Fantasy series. Sure. Because when you think about it, for example, Final Fantasy VII, mm. you know, uh, Cloud is the name of the main character. Mm. But for Final Fantasy series, you can change the name of the main characters if you want to, mm. right? So, for example, you can name like Julian or mm. Yasu mm. Uh, instead of Cloud. <laughs> it should have been Julian originally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they made a mistake. I'm sure they did. <laughs> but for Dragon Quest, all the characters have names, mm. specific names. But the main character. That's the only character that doesn't have a specific name. Mm. So uh, the the players have to choose their their own name. Mm. So I I usually go by like Yasu or Yasuharu Mm. uh, for the the main character of Dragon Quest series. So yeah, considering the fact that uh, this novel was quite popular when it came out. Mm. Yeah, there's almost like no doubt that uh, Kumi-san is the one who kind of like came up with the, the original name, Ryuka. Mm. I mean, Ryuka is kind of short, right? Mm. But his full name is supposed to be Yukeiromu Erukeru Granbania. That just gives me a brain hemorrhage. <laughs> one, one more time. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's all in uh, Japanese katakana、uh, alphabets. So I don't know the the English pronunciation, but it's something like a Yukerum El Kel Granvania. Yeah, Yukerum El Kel El Kel Granvania. I think that's Granvania. Yeah, that's how I would pronounce it. But it's definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know. This can't be coincidence. It's、know? too yeah. Like I've never heard a name like that. It's too specific, right? <laughs> Especially in Japan. <laughs> it's like UK. That start it starts. It sounds Japanese,、mm. and then it goes Rom El Kel. It sounds a bit like Spanish or something.、Uh-huh. And then like Granvania sounds like I don't know, like Romanian or something. I don't know. It just it just、right. keeps changing like、uh-huh. languages. <laughs> It's、uh-huh. Such a weird name. Yeah, yeah.、Mm. But I think that's the how to say. That's kind of like the world setting of Dragon Quest, isn't it? I mean, yeah, like, yeah especially、true. for Dragon Quest Five,、mm. the main characters has、uh, has black hair,、mm. and it's kind of kind of hard to tell his、uh, ethnicity, right?、Mm. Yeah, so you know, especially because the novel was quite well written,、mm. and that's why it sold well, right? Sure. And、um, yeah, I'm sure you know Kumisan has put a lot of thoughts. Into the, the you know background of the the main character、mm. as well as his name. Yeah, sure. Any any artist is kind of like they really value the worth of like being credited to something. You know? yeah, yeah. And if people just don't know, especially like this being such an old book, right? Did、mm. the book come out the same year as the game,、um, or around the same time? So the the game version、uh, came out in nineteen ninety two, and the novel came out almost a year later. In 1993.、Mm, okay, so yeah, like, my my point with that question really was to kind of emphasize the fact that it's been 27 years、mm. since that book came out, right? Right. So maybe from her point of view, she's a bit more worried about maybe like newer fans coming to the series.、Mm. She's just not getting the recognition for something that she created. Yeah, you、mm. know, because it's it's easy to forget about things,、mm. you know,、mm. especially in this day and age. Like something can happen this week. And then by next week, it's completely forgotten about, right? Right. So if you made something twenty-seven years ago, it's very. It has to be like, it has to be like the Beatles. Otherwise, people just forget about it, right?、Mm. So I feel like this is just her way of. I don't want to say like she's trying to stay relevant because that sounds a bit mean,、mm. but she's just trying to make sure that people don't forget about the work that she created. Yeah, you know? and she's obviously very passionate about.、Mm. And、um, I think it's only fair.、Right? Yeah, that's what I mean. I think if the the amount that she was suing for was much higher. Mm. I would have a different opinion of her,、mm. but she doesn't seem like a bad person because it's such a low amount. She just seems like she wants recognition for her work. Yeah, I mean, overall, like to me, it seems like、uh, you know, Square Enix just made a you know a mistake. Considering what she's claiming, she had probably said okay, you know, if the company asked her、uh, permission beforehand,、mm. but they didn't,、mm. and even you know after she made an inquiry. They just said, "Oh, it's a, such a common name, you know. Your creativity is denied, you know. What the, <laughs> <laughs> what the hell?" Yeah, I've got six friends called、um, Ryu Keirom El Kel Grandia. Was it? <laughs> yeah, 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 you, you I, tried. I was trying you to read、tried. it. I was trying to do it without looking. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got it. <laughs> Granvania. Granvania.、Oh, yeah. Sounds like a cereal. Uh-huh. What do you have for breakfast? I、oh, have some gra- Granvania. <laughs> Granvania. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, so um, I think fortunately for her, uh, many Japanese fans are sympathetic towards her. Mm, sure, yeah. And since this new story kind of brought back my uh, good memories, mm. yeah, I might read it again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our business news of the week. Carlos Ghosn, Nissan Motors' former chairman, was arrested along with former director Greg Kelly in Tokyo back on November 19th of 2018. According to Mr. Ghosn, he remained unable to see his wife, friends, or family, and was unable to meet his lawyer during his 130 days in custody. Last December, Mr. Gon made worldwide headlines when he made a daring escape to his home country of Lebanon by hiding in a large box aboard a private jet. This week, on November 23rd, the UN Human Rights Council's Working Group of Arbitrary Detention made a post stating Mr. Gon's multiple arrests to extend his detention and varying charges were fundamentally unfair. Mr. Gon was arrested a total of four times, each time based on the accusations from Nissan Motors' board of executives. He was accused of underreporting his earnings, as well as abusing company funds over the years. He has fervently denied the claims against him and currently has an $18 million lawsuit against Nissan for his wrongful firing. However, Nissan has also countered with a $96 million lawsuit for Mr. Gon's alleged misuse of company funds. The UN Council also took into account factors such as daily interrogation sessions that attempted to extract a confession from Mr. Gon and lasted up to five hours. During these sessions, conversations with his lawyers were under surveillance by police. Japanese Justice Minister Yoko Kamikawa has reacted negatively to the UN Council's decision. According to her, the decision is based off of biased information from Mr. Gon himself and calls the decision totally unacceptable. So this was a big... St- News last year, right? Uh, Carlos gone and his daring escape. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so basically he ran away earlier this year from Japan mm. uh, using a private jet. Yeah. And allegedly, like, he was hiding inside the, what do you call it? Like, the, the big box? It was like a crate, yeah, a wooden crate. Yeah, yeah. Like, crate that's supposed to be for a musical instrument? For a piano, right? Oh, yeah. was it for a piano? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be for, like, a grand piano or something. Oh, really? Which explains the size, right? Yeah, because he, I suppose he's a big guy, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah he's quite short, but quite, like, chunky. Mm. Not fat. I don't know how to describe him. He's a stocky guy. Yeah. I mean, like, he looks like a typical rich person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with that statement. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think we've never discussed the story of uh, Mr. Gone uh, on our show before. Mm. Right? But um, I've always been interested in the development of his cases. Mm. You know, for those who doesn't know much about uh, Mr. Carlos Ghosn, so uh, he's a former CEO of Nissan. Oh, well, like former CEO and chairman, uh, you know, right before he was arrested, almost Mm. like two years ago. Mm. And, you know, before he got arrested, he was one of the most respected CEOs in Japan. Mm. Uh, He was even considered a hero who rescued uh, Nissan from going bankrupt Mm. after becoming CEO in 1999. Mm. So uh, personally, I was quite surprised and also disappointed that he was arrested. Mm. Mm. And I knew that he always had some people against him, as he was one of the highest paid uh, executives in Japan. So, for example, he received over 25 million U.S. dollars in uh, 2018. Wow, okay. And around 15 million in uh, 2019. Mm. And he just reduced the amount uh, because he kind of like encountered 
a severe like backlash from the the public. Mm. Yeah, I checked the number yesterday, and it's only about like five hundred thousand U.S. dollar for the average compensation of CEOs in Japan. Mm. I mean, which is which is still substantial. Sure. But, yeah. 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 I mean, Mr. Gong was a uh, was at the different level. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I mean. You understand the kind of business mechanics mm-hmm. much more than I do, um, but it, even to someone who has no real idea about how it works, it appears that you know he had a very natural talent for it, right? Mm. But so, like from what I heard, the thing that led to his arrest was that I mean, and, and this is we're getting into conspiracy theory territory right now, mm-hmm. so this might not be correct. <laughs> but from what I heard, is like the basically the people on the uh, the board of directors or the executives, mm. some of them didn't either like him or didn't approve of the way he did business in some ways. Right. And may or may have not kind of fabricated some of these claims that he was, you know, funneling money through the company or claiming things as personal expenses. Mm. And that's the main thing that's like up for dispute, right? As part of the court court case. Yeah. And from what I hear is like, they were having such a hard time trying to prove it. Mm. That's the reason that they kept arresting him sometimes for the same offense, mm. which is technically illegal, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, technically, almost the same yeah. uh, charges. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they yeah. just changed it a tiny yeah, yeah, bit, Yeah, a tiny bit. Just yeah. to make it yeah. illegal, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm aware of it. Um, but as a foreigner, the main takeaway I got from this was a lot of, like, the foreign community in Japan. Most people don't have a very positive view of, like, the Japanese legal system. Mm-hmm. It can be quite harsh and quite unforgiving Mm. and opposed to taking the stance of like innocent until proven guilty Mm. it's the opposite it's guilty until proven isn't almost yeah Mm. (laughs) and that's kind of the biggest takeaway i I got from this story Mm. yeah overall i i agree and as you said it's almost you know guilty until proven innocent Mm. so uh if you are uh pressed charges by the prosecutor then you're almost done for you know, yeah, the the conviction rate is almost like ninety nine point seven percent or mm. something. It's crazy, right? close yeah. to one hundred percent. But yeah, so one thing uh, Nissan's board of uh, directors uh, accused him of is the misappropriation of the the funds. Mm. But this is like quite hard to prove. Yeah, so for example, um, you know. He had some like contracts with a consulting agency, mm. and some of the ones were owned by his family members, okay. including his like elder sister mm. and his his friend in uh, Middle East. Sure, okay. But you know that itself is not illegal, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as those agencies are delivering, you know, values. Of course, yeah. That, yeah. That's equivalent to the you know their compensation, mm. right? So. It's quite like subjective, but yeah, one one thing that we're almost certain at this point is that he was extremely unpopular mm. amongst many of his uh, subordinates. Sure. Yeah, be, and because of his uh, powerful like image as a you know CEO of a you know large you know one of the largest like car companies in Japan, mm. and also you know the fact that he's receiving like so much compensations. Mm. That kind of uh, created the image uh, of him as a dictator and kind of like a bad or filthy uh, CEO, Uh, at least among some people of the the general public. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know. 
it's kind of interesting to see where it'll go from here. We've seen some interviews, right, on, on online. Um, one with Horiomon, um, <laughs> Mr. Horiomon. Mm. Oh, yeah. Did a very bizarre, unusual English. Yeah, it was so weird yeah interview yeah <laughs> and there's been some other interviews with him but from what i can gather from what he's saying you know obviously he's still up for trial right so he could be guilty he could be not but he stated that he's very much willing to be taken under trial and you know be mm. judged for his actions but he very much disagreed with the way that he was treated and kept in you know confinement for 130 days mm. and basically and he's now being kind of uh his words have now been ratified by the UN, you know, mm. saying that they agree, you know, he should not have been held for that long mm. with, you know, very, I don't know, like technically fine, but a bit iffy kind of second charges applied and stuff like this. Mm. Mm. So, um, yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how the story develops, but I just wish him a fair trial. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's, uh, that's the point, right? Yeah. 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 And it's certainly interesting that the UN, like council, mm. uh, you know, finds all these arrests illegal. Mm. So yeah, we'll uh, keep our eyes on the on this case and yeah, see how it develops. Okay, so let's move on to our final and random news of the week. An online crane game service by the name of Toreba was recently exposed to have staff working behind the scenes to rig games. Toriba is a service that allows participants to play crane games remotely via an app. The service has seen extreme success and currently has over 1,000 units. In 2020 alone, Toriba managed to receive over 15 million downloads. TV commercials with popular comedians and collaborations with big YouTubers only further increased the popularity of Toriba, but with increased attention came increased scrutiny. While Toriba was becoming a household name, the number of dissatisfied customers and claims of unfair games also began increasing. Rumours of claws not reaching the prizes, prizes getting conveniently stuck, and significant delay in the delivery of prizes drove some Swindle customers to form a Toriba Victims Association. This association claims that Toriba has admitted to them of staff interfering in the middle of games. There are currently dozens of similar claims against Toriba citing evidence of cheating. So have you ever heard of this app before today, Yasu? <laughs> no, um, I didn't know at all. Mm. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you know, that such like game or service existed. Yeah. It sounds so random, right? <laughs> it is quite random, yeah. I've actually seen it. Oh, really? The first time I saw it um, was actually on the, the Nintendo Switch. Mm. I was like on the, I have two accounts because, you know, like on the Switch and like the PlayStation and stuff. They have like a different stores for different regions. Mm. So like I have like a, my British account, but I also made a Japanese account. Because mm. sometimes they have like different prices or different games. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes I go on the British account and then I go on to the Japanese just to see like if there's better deals or whatever or different games. And I found this game once and I was like, what the hell is oh, this? Wow. But it's actually free to download. So like mm. I just downloaded it to see what it was. And basically, yeah, it's like, um, like a webcam is like inside the crane machine. Mm. And then... Because I'm sure, like as everybody knows, crane machines have very simple controls, right? Right. Left, right, up and down, and then like the grab button. Mm. So it's very easy to operate via a uh, webcam. Mm. And uh, yeah, they promote it as this service where like you play the crane game as you usually would. Mm. But then if you win a prize, they'll actually post it to you. Mm. Um, which that was kind of the odd thing to me. You know, it seemed a bit weird. But I mean, you know, I never really 
I never played it. I just wanted mm. to see what it was. Idea sounds quite unique and yeah. I mean, it's you know the- theoretically it should work. Sounds viable, right? I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Especially like now, right? <laughs> mm. Exactly. Because yeah. this came out well before there was any kind of lockdown quarantine or anything. Oh, like that. really? Mm. But it seems. It seemed like an idea that would be invented this year, right? Yeah. After yeah. after the after arcades, corona. you know, mm. but uh, it seems like they were already kind of ahead of the ahead of the game, mm. <laughs> so to speak. Quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. But to me, like uh, the name, like Toreba. Mm. So can you guess like how they've like derived the name? Toreba. It sounds like like Tobida, like door. I don't know if that's anything to do with it. Well, uh, I don't think so. I think uh, like Toru in Japanese mm. means uh, take. To it's to take, right? Oh, like if you take, yeah, or if you take. Ah. But like it can sound a bit like provocative. Like, ah, okay. It's like wh- why don't you take it? You know, toreba. Like, ah, uh, okay. You know, take it. Like, like uh, as as almost like uh, you know, take it if you can. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but if their <laughs> staff is cheating, then uh. it's it's impossible, right? Oh, try actually. Yeah, that makes it sound worse, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Cause, yeah. Because they're like, yeah, they're saying like, we know it's rigged. You yeah. know it's impossible. Yeah. So try and take it. Uh-huh. Uh, interesting. I yeah. see. I see. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like in, in principle, the concept is solid, mm. but it's just a mixture of lots of things that I don't like, you know, and mm. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't surprise me that this kind of news has come about. Right. Mm. Uh, it's, a, you know, it's a shame. I just feel bad for anyone that's kind of wasted money on this thing. 15 million downloads. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And 1000 crane game machines. Mm. So the largest arcade in Tokyo, hmm. which has a Guinness record of having 454 crane games in hmm. the store. But we're talking about 1,000 sure, yeah. for Toreba. <laughs> so, you know, we can kind of tell like how big their business has been. Right? I guess so. You I know? just imagine like like a thousand machines and then there's just like one staff member and he... His only job is just to like walk around the whole warehouse, just like in a loop. And like every time he sees a, like a prize in one of the things, he just takes it out and like puts it in a box and sends it to someone. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to even like think about how they're operating such mm. business, right? But um, I actually saw a video on YouTube, mm. uh, which was the one made by, I believe, by this association that, that kind of like complained against uh, Toreba. Mm. And... Um, they were comparing the difference in the movements of the, the crane arms. Mm-hmm. So the the first time you play it, mm. it functions like properly. Yeah. But once you get the prize, they're claiming that the, the arm movement like changes. Mm. And basically the, 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 the strength of the arm gets weaker. Uh, I see. So, you know, so then it becomes impossible to get any item. Sure, right? sure. So... I saw a video uh, like comparing two different like arm movements mm. in slow-mo. But, you know, I, I watched it like four or five <laughs> times and it's impossible to tell. And it's like, you know, uh, and they, they've even like put a subtitle yeah. saying that you see it's so obvious the, the second time yeah. like uh, it moves differently. And I'm like, did it you know it's it's so subtle you know yeah like i i i would say like 99 percent of people if, if not 100 right yeah wouldn't be able to tell any difference so unless you're a professional ufo uh crane game 
player mm-hmm. or uh, we call it catch pro, <laughs> then stay away from these uh, online scams. Yeah, that's it. The, the odds are never good, even when you go in person. So <laughs> I think online it's just doubled. <laughs> yeah. So that wraps it up for all the news stories this week. Now let's jump into our final segment of the show, Word of the Week. So today, I'm going to introduce to you a very often used internet slang in Japan. Okay. The word of the week is kusa, which translates into grass in English. Mm. Do you know this one? I do know this one. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell me the answer. Oh, okay. So I feel like the, the explanation actually has quite a few steps. So let mm. me just get it straight in my head first. Um, so kusa means grass. Mm. So the, the kanji can sometimes be used to mean like lol, basically, yeah. in English, right? Yeah. Um, when you type with the letter W mm. many times over, www, it's like mm. spiky and it looks like grass. Mm. Um, so kusa and grass. Mm. W is short for wada, which is like laughing. Mm. Wadao, right? So mm. so in reverse order, the, the natural progression would go from, you start with the word wada, or, or the kanji wada, which means mm. to laugh. Mm. And then www is like shortened version, just mm. like wah, 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 wah. Mm. Looks like grass. Mm. And then instead of putting wada, you say, you literally use the actual word for grass, mm. meaning to laugh. Right. Is that correct? Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I missed any steps. I'm, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure like how I should react, you know. <laughs> okay, guys, that's the end of the show. See you next week. <laughs> So you're correct. Like, um, it, it started from like what I, mm. you know, to laugh because it's kind of like hassle to type like multiple words mm. uh, on keyboard. Like, people just started uh, using W, mm. you know, the first letter of what I, mm. right? And at first, people were only using like one W. Mm. But uh, maybe the slight difference in the new ones is that. If it's only one W, it's like small laugh. Yeah, okay. But like uh, people just started to like go for more. Mm. And if they are, you know, <laughs> la- laughing out like dying or like. Yeah, if they're like in hysterics or like they're. I mean, like, for example, like in the ex- extreme case, like if you want to express your laughter. Yeah. You know, that that. Like extreme laughter, yeah. You know that maybe you can't even breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then people started using more and more W's. Oh, uh, yeah. So okay. sometimes like five W's and like ten W's. Mm. Then people thought, you know, if it's that many, <laughs> then we can make it like shorter again. Oh, okay. So I didn't know this aspect. Mm. So like kusa is like the extreme extreme laugh. It's so because it, it, it's not the same as one W. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's okay. not equivalent to one W, but like uh, many W's. So oh, okay. it kind of implies the the big laughter. It's like hilarious. Hilarious. Or, oh, you know? okay. Because even in English, right, there are some like alternations. I mean, uh, some some alternatives to lol. Yeah, we have some levels. You've got uh, you obviously start with lol, laugh out loud. Uh-huh. And then uh, LMAO. Do you know this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite standard. Laugh my ass off. Mm-hmm. And uh, ruffle. Yeah, yeah. Rolling yeah. on the on the floor. Rolling on the floor, laughing. laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
So when you're when you're texting Yasu, what's your go-to like laugh phrase? Do you, do you say kusa? Uh kusa sounds too like slangy. Mm. Um, like no one uses that in the mm. like formal occasions. Sure, I and mean, so so just be. Be aware of that. Right? <laughs> if you if you're talking to your business partner and yeah. all of a sudden you put like kusa and they'll I feel out. like if I, I went to say it too quickly, I'd say kuso instead. Yeah. Kuso means shit. By yeah, right. The way, and so be careful. <laughs> yeah. There are many traps. Yeah, that's it. It's like uh it's like suaru and sawaru. You know? It's like uh there's this classic kind of like gaijin uh, trap that everyone everyone's done it at least once. When you say like uh kudasai. Mm. To, say, to say like, oh, please sit here. Mm. But you might say like, because it's so similar, right? Oh. And it sounds like, please touch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I thought like, uh, I was thinking of another thing. Oh, okay. Like um, if Japanese people say, uh, please sit here, mm. right? Because um, sit pronunciation yeah, yeah. is a bit tricky. So they may say, please shit here. Oh. <laughs> Shitto. You know? Oh, and they say Sh- in English. Shitto down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, all, these, all these languages please, they're, they're please shit down. Shit down. <laughs> but I want to shit up. <laughs> That's a good point. That's yeah, a good point. Yeah. But uh, so maybe sitting down is uh yeah. In both languages it's a difficult situation. <laughs> yeah. It's very tricky. <laughs> yeah, don't don't shit on the train and don't touch someone. <laughs> Just sit down. <laughs> Without thinking. <laughs> grass. Yeah, grass. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, I think my, my go-to phrase is always uh, like, when I text my wife, when I text my wife, I just use a uh, wada wada, put the kanji. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I feel I like do that's just my, my go-to. Yeah, yeah. I only use just like one kanji mm. uh, for wada. Mm. Yeah. So basically the, I think the same as what you're doing. Mm. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> Well, that's all for this week in Japan. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure that you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're also releasing new videos every week on our YouTube channel. So search for youtube.com slash japanpro and find us there. Okay, everyone. So stay healthy, stay safe. And uh, the next time your friend sends you a funny text, just reply, grass or kusa if you know the kanji. (laughs) And be sure to check back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan.